Welcome to Busy in the Sticks, Chamber Podcast, a rural labour market partnership with Eastern PEI Chamber of Commerce. Making an impact in our community. Kathleen Conlin Dickinson grew up in the outskirts of Oshawa, Ontario, and her husband Herb, referred, did most of her stomping in Port Perry, Ontario. Her father worked for the car industry, and they moved to Hope River, PEI, in 1974. Kathleen always excelled in school and was always top of the class when it came to marks and was presented a Governor General's Award in nursing. Kathleen holds a nursing degree along with a law degree. Herb Dickinson grew up in New Glasgow, PEI, on a dairy farm and always had a lifelong dream to become a rural physician. He dropped out of high school and joined the Armed Forces as a medical assistant or also referred to as a bedpan commandos. He had the opportunity to travel to Germany to work and train, and then he came home and told his father he fell in love with the field and wanted to become a doctor. So he finished high school and went off to university. Herb and Kathleen graduated the same day, Herb from medicine and Kathleen from law. Kathleen and Herb have three children, Alexandria and Daniel, both teachers in Thompson, Manitoba, and Morgan uh, works with DVA in St. John, New Brunswick. They have both demonstrated honesty, integrity, exemplary character, and shown leadership as individuals and throughout Herb's practice and community involvement. Welcome, Herb. Well, hi, Tammy, and thank you for the invitation. Well, thank you for being our guest today. It's, it's a joy to be here. Well, unfortunately, Kathleen couldn't be here, but I know you can handle it all. We'll do our best. <laughs> all right. Well, that's quite an introduction. That's a great story. I love the bedpan commandos. <laughs> well, uh, it it, uh, it it certainly was uh, something that came up during the armed forces. That was uh, quite a, a life experience, and uh, I was happy to be there. And certainly, it inspired me to uh, get into medicine. That's incredible! Incredible. Well, very good. It's, uh, it's a pleasure having you here today, and um, I want to congratulate uh, you and Kathleen on winning the Community Impact Award at our awards gala this year. Um, how does it feel to be recognized this way? Well, it's, it's a great honor, actually, and uh, it's all part of uh, being uh, uh, in West Prince, a wonderful community, and, and people are so generous and supportive of each other. And uh, it's just uh, kind of infectious. You want to be part of it and uh, help out other people as well. And uh, Kathleen, uh, she, she really uh, likes to meet people in the community and uh, has made lots of connections. And, uh, uh, and she, she just enjoys that contact with people. And so when it came to uh, uh, getting to know these people in, in the community, Kathleen had the idea, especially during COVID, you know, that uh, people weren't, we didn't have the chance to socialize as much. So she had this idea of delivering the West Prince graphic. That's, uh, that's great. Good for her. So she took me along yeah. as, a, as a chauffeur. As your chauffeur. And, uh, and <laughs> we've been doing that uh, as a voluntary uh, project, and it's been a lot of fun. Well, uh, when I seen the nomination come in and... Uh, 
and I read through it and I said, this is, this is a great story and it needs to be told. So I, I'm so glad you could come on our podcast to, to help tell the story because we don't get to tell all the story at the awards gala and it's so nice for people to hear this. So I, I'm excited for people to learn this today. Um, right. Just a little bit on, before we go any further on our community impact award, it is open to individuals, um, couples or organizations in Western PEI. And um, it, it recognizes volunteerism and outstanding service and dedication uh, in our region. Um, and, uh, you know, anybody that's nominated, you know, they've made a positive difference in the lives of our fellow residents and volunteer like you've done and Kathleen in Western PEI and had that spirit of kind of collaborating and enthusiastic and, uh, you know, working with our citizens in our community. So uh, thank you for being here today again, Herb. Well, that's great. And, and I, I must say, uh, Kathleen, of course, is my greatest uh, confidant and sometimes my strongest critic. <laughs> but she, uh, she, um, she lifts me uh, through the valleys of life and keeps me humble that's as great. we reach for the peaks. Good. Good for her. Um, what is it about West Prince that motivates you both to kind of be so involved? I know you've kind of touched on that a little bit, but... Um you know, you're retired now. So what really has motivated you to be so involved in the community? Well, I always wanted to uh, practice in, in rural Prince Edward Island. I had the idea of practicing perhaps in New Glasgow, where I grew up. Uh, but when I received a phone call from Dr. Ed Pino inviting me to West Prince to this new clinic that they had set up in O'Leary, uh, I, I thought, well, that, that makes a whole lot of sense, you know, rather than uh, building a clinic by myself, and, and that it's it was better to uh, do a partnership with with other physicians and colleagues, and and uh, it was certainly a great um, uh, decision that we we're glad we. So made. we can thank Ed for you being here today. <laughs> so do you remember your first shift? What oh, year? Oh yes, <laughs> gee, I, I had my white coat on and I walked onto the floor and I see uh, I asked myself, gee, what. What, what if I see a sick patient? What am I going to do? <laughs> but uh, in any case, uh, it, it all came together very quickly and uh, with, the, the, um, uh, with the support of my colleagues and, uh, and the, this generous uh, community in West Prince. It, it, it has been a wonderful experience being a physician uh, for 30 years and, as I like to say sometimes, 45 years if you count my overtime. There you go. <laughs> So you came to West Prince in 1988. That's correct. In 88. Yes. Okay, very yeah. good. So, um, you know, as a physician, uh, you have had that direct impact on the health of the, the West Prince community. You've treated patients in, in our rural hospitals. You've delivered babies and you've, you've probably made house calls, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Many of those. Yeah. And uh, you must have been able to build, you know, some very strong uh, connections uh, through this work. Well, uh, certainly. Yeah. And you know, I've seen several generations now because you, you, you see the whole span of, of people and, and uh, you, uh, you're, you're there to witness their, uh, their successes and their difficulties and challenges that uh, they're having uh, through, through their life. And uh, it's, it's something that um, uh, you're, you're, you're totally immersed in, in the community and, and it's, uh, it, it's a it's a great joy to be part of. And we had the experience, too, of, of raising our three children, uh, uh, 
Alexandra, Daniel, and Morgan. Mm -hmm. uh, that was Kathleen and I's greatest project. Yes. <laughs> I can and understand. I have four. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And, and through their, their involvement with other kids and, and uh, the sports and everything, uh, we're very happy that uh, uh, with the background that they've had, uh, that now has launched their careers in, in teaching and uh, and um, you must be very proud. Oh, absolutely! Very and, proud. And my youngest, uh, or no, middle guy, Morgan, Morgan. Uh, just got married last month to a congratulations, a beautiful uh, Brazilian woman. Wow! And uh, she's very smart, and uh, and and we're very proud to have her as part of our Juliana. Well, that's part of exciting! Too. Exciting news. Yeah. So, well, let's talk a little bit about Kathleen. Sure. She kind of um, began her volunteering, I guess, when the kids went to kindergarten and, and as they got older, as you said, and, and uh, was involved in, you know, as home and school and then a hockey mom. Yes. Well, even though uh, Kathleen had a lot of education and was uh, an excellent student through, through her whole educational career, uh, when we came to O'Leary, uh, since my my job was just a, a total <laughs> a day and night uh, kind of thing, you worked um, a lot of hours. Yeah, she uh, she came to the conclusion that we really needed to have one parent at home. I understand that. And uh, so so she had the 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 honor of being able to see the kids when they come home from school and hear about their stories and 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 that's uh, so important. Oh, it is. It is. But by the time I get home from, Dad's <laughs> from exhausted. Work, well, it, not only that, the kids had already told the story to their mom. So, uh, so that was one part I sometimes missed out in, in hearing. But, uh, and then I, so I go to the hockey games or as many as I could with the boys. And, uh, but every time I went to a hockey game, there was always some kid <laughs> fell on the ice. <laughs> you, you got taken got, away. I was, I was, uh, uh uh, sidetracked with that but anyway and it's understandable been a wonderful experience so um, Kathleen was devoted um, you know to you know being a mom and being there for the kids but she was also um, you know as the kids got older she helped you out in your practice and, and did a lot of the insurance forms and <clears throat> she I understand she always insisted that you never charge your patient for these services well that's great uh, that, and, and it, it was quite wonderful uh, hey, the way she helped out with that and and we'd put together the information uh, for patients, and uh, she could review some of the charts as well, and we could put the information together in such a way that, uh, for example, applying for um, Canada Pension uh, Plan or things like that, uh, it was very helpful for um, uh, for, for people that, that helped them out a lot. And, um, and the thing is, we, we didn't uh, want to charge the patients, but we didn't advertise as well. Yes. <laughs> so it was just something but, uh, that she felt dear to help and uh, not want to charge for. Exactly. Okay. And, and, uh, but it was, uh, it was really great. And when the bureaucrats would, would see something put together well, uh, it, it, it would certainly go through a lot faster. Because right. a lot of physicians uh, are so busy with their practice, it, it's hard to kind of put together all the information in an easy to read fashion. That's right. And well, you uh, made the perfect uh, husband wife duo. <laughs> it, was, it was a great uh, team effort. Oh, and, that's great. Yeah. No. And um, uh, you, you said she also enjoyed socializing in the community and, and her, uh, 
you know, like you said, delivering the graphic and, uh, you know, saving our elderly from walking out in those icy streets, you know, what a, what a thing to do and commit to, you know, it's, well, well, certainly, um, and and I think it wasn't just the receiving of the graphic that it was the social interaction, particularly yes. with our elder people, that uh, that Kathleen enjoyed, and and they certainly enjoyed it a lot, and it was very helpful uh, getting through the COVID uh, isolation period. Well, and she probably missed that too, eh? Not being out, you know, after her kids are grown and gone too, and uh, you're both uh, home and retired, and it's yeah. nice to get out and do that socialize. So now I have to say, she she always made sure that the, the elders were protected as well. She wore a mask and often gloves as well. Oh you know, yes, I've seen her going many times, and uh, she was all she would always have everything on. Yeah. Um, so. So uh, as a doctor, Herb, you, uh, you affected the lives of a, a lot of individuals, you know, as, and we've had conversations, you've been an advocate uh, for the community, you've managed to affect the well-being of our entire region. Um, can you tell our listeners what makes you take up the mantle for things like rural post offices, universal accessible public kindergarten, the maintenance of our elected school boards and curriculum review to include appropriate representation of our First Nations people. Well, in in rural PEI, uh, it's uh, oftentimes um, uh, we're dis- disadvantaged in many ways, and we, a lot of things we haven't had in the past, like public transportation. Uh, our internet uh, situation is really bad. There's been a lot of uh, situations where where our healthcare has been at threat, and uh, and the kind of services that one would expect to have, and are more available in in urban areas, um, that we we need to speak out for. And a lot of times, uh, people are not in the position to be able to speak out because of their their job situation or their the the background that they've had. Uh, but they often look toward others who are in a position to speak out, and fortunately, I've had that position, and it's been a great privilege, you know, to be able to um, uh, to speak out on issues that I was learning from from people and how how situations were affecting their lives. No, that's true, and um, I always felt that too over the years. That um, you know, we we have sometimes maybe it's only a handful of leaders in our region. And, um, uh, you know, we go to them over and over again to, to, for advice or, uh, you know, to represent something or advocate on something. And um, it's, uh, that's a big piece to play, a big role to play in our rural community. So thank you for stepping up to the plate and being that yeah. spokesperson. It's, uh, it's been a lot to the, the community here. Um, and uh, you've, uh, you've done a great job. And I don't know if people have realized that, that you, you advocated to, to keep the rural post offices open, you know, years ago. You said the feds wanted to shut them down, and yeah. how dare they, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But uh, that, that was uh, something, and it was, it was part of a, uh, of, of a movement across the country uh, uh, called Rural Dignity. And uh, through the pressure that the federal government was received uh, right across the country, and... Uh, there was a change in government then, and uh, and that policy of closing rural ho- rural uh, post offices was was thankfully I'm uh, actually, abandoned. I'm actually I'm uh, actually still surprised that we still have we still have our one in Coleman. 
Yes, we, we do have them. Like yeah. I'm those ones I'm surprised that we still have those ones and in Bloomfield, like we that we don't maybe just have the main ones in the main community. So I'm actually yeah. surprised by those, but I mean, you know. Well I it's yeah, we, we still do have that connection to smaller communities in PEI. But uh, I've always felt that um, the post offices should have had adapted more. Like Canada Post should have made these uh, these centers where they had reach into the communities. They should have turned it into communication centers, like maybe having uh, uh, computer access to people oh, that didn't yes. have that, have yes. fax machines, mm -hmm. so that people could use it not only for mailing letters, but also uh, to be able to communicate. Yeah, we had that kind of through our CAP sites years ago, and now I think people can do that at the employment resource centers. But right. yeah, that would have been a really good idea. Yeah. Um, so, and then the next thing, uh, public kindergarten. I don't think I knew this about you, um, um, the universal public kindergarten. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, that was uh, something that I, I was asked to be on the uh, this educational task force back in, in 1992, 93. And uh, it, it was uh, to review the educational system on Prince Edward Island. And it quickly became evident that we were the only province without universally accessible kindergarten uh, in our school system. So I've, I wrote a minority report because I didn't agree with the way the whole report was going about shutting down school boards. So uh, I put that forth. And then once I got elected, I brought that to the legislature and had some resolutions uh, for it and pushed for it and had the, a lot of support from the communities across PEI. And eventually, we ended up getting the uh, universally accessible kindergarten within our school system. Well, that was a big one, Herb, and good for you. So <laughs> tell me more about this. Is this all I have to do is write a minority report to get something changed? <laughs> no, you have to do a bit of ad advocacy as well. <laughs> okay. And I, I find the, the best way to accomplish something is, is to have an important issue that's uh, going to affect a lot of people and, and, and recruit the support uh, and and identify the support that's out there. And if you can work together mm -hmm. uh, with those, um, then good things can happen, and especially in a, in a jurisdiction like Prince Edward Island, because we're all so connected one way and another. That's we're right. never more than two degrees apart. So really, uh, I, I think we can accomplish big things, uh, even in a small province. Well, you've done well advocating for our region, and those are some pretty impressive uh, things to advocate upon. So thank you so much, Herb, for, for being, again, that spokesperson. So you're now a retired physician yeah. and politician <laughs> and uh, a longtime advocate for a medical school at UPEI. Right. So last October, the government of PEI announced a new medical faculty and expanding the, the nursing school. So why do you think a medical faculty is a better option than collaborating with our governments to address physician retention. So for example, immigrants coming into Canada or furthermore just at a province, why is government not reducing the processing timeframes for them to incorporate into the communities? Well, I think we have to approach it from many ways. And one of them is is uh, with the medical faculty. In actual fact, um, when I first went to, to, to make this issue public, it was a three-point process. One, there should be accelerated recruitment. Uh, two, we needed more uh, residency positions so that we could get some action happening right away because this all came in the wake of receiving a, a report from the Medical Society of PEI in 2019 
that 50, 56% of our physicians were either going to retire or reduce their practice within a five-year period. Mm -hmm. So there was really a crisis developing. Yeah. And so we needed to act right away with recruitment. We needed to increase our, our, our residency positions. And in the longer term, we needed the medical faculty. So that was um, what I advocated, and we got support right across the island. And, and through the University of PEI, there was a lot of work done there, a lot of collaboration coming together and finally deciding to work with the Memorial uh, in Newfoundland, mm -hmm. Memorial University. And that's all come together. But now the issue of foreign educated physicians coming to Prince Edward Island uh, and other pro parts of Canada is extremely important as well. That's one of the routes that we can when in increase uh, our, upon. our capacity. Okay. But uh, in order to do that, that's that would that requires um, government helping with language training. Yes, it helps. Uh, it, it our College of Physicians and Surgeons mm -hmm. uh, need to uh, work uh, with that as well. And I think we should follow the model uh, that's in Newfoundland because they seem to have the. the the best, most appropriate So tell us way. a little bit about that model, Herb. Well, it, it involves, as I say, those uh, the, those different parts, the, the government with their billing number, they help with the language education, and there's part of Memorial University that is actually helping to integrate through an educational program to help uh, integrate uh, those uh, foreign-educated physicians. Okay. So it's a, it's, a, it's a different arm. Yeah. Uh, than the, the specific program we have uh, on PEI that's going to uh, take undergraduate medical undergraduate students and and turn them into physicians, uh, but it is it is an approach that needs to be pushed as well. Okay, so how soon do you think we'll see it? Well, uh, the plan is to uh, have the first class come starting in in the fall of twenty twenty four. 2024, uh, so that's two years away. Okay. It's coming. Uh, it's going to come up very that will quickly. Come quick. And uh, so the it it there's a there's so much involved in in setting the curriculum. I'm on the steering committee. You're at on UPI. the steering committee. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's so many things involved. You have to have the the uh, uh, the curriculum. You have to build the the physical structure, and you have to um, gain accreditation. Okay. That means you, you really have to have all the ducks in order in order to, to have that accreditation, which is so important uh, that, that allows it to, to function as a medical school, uh, that its graduates will be accepted uh, as, as physicians and, and, uh, and, and, and then uh, attain their license. Well, this is exciting. Balance. This is exciting. And uh, um, I'm sure two years can't come fast enough. Uh, for a lot of people, but um, uh, I mean, Memorial was not too far away anyway for, for some people to travel to, but it'll be nice to have it uh, on PEI. Well, it is very exciting, but uh, what really drove me in this whole thing was that in, in our rural areas, if, if we don't have enough physicians, we end up losing hospitals mm -hmm. and, 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 and acute, acute care hospitals and as well. Uh, ERs. You have to have a basic number of physicians in order for, for that to happen and to continue happening. So this is why even though we have a medical faculty coming, uh, we need also to be working uh, very hard on, the, um, uh, on an accelerated uh, recruitment plan so we can bring in those physicians right away. Okay. 
And there's so much happening today. I mean, we're, we're in, especially in our region here and, um, you know, we're looking for some short-term solutions. Um, ever since your time as an elected member of the island legislature, you fought and, you know, to maintain rural health care services. Now that you've retired and, and you've, and you have campaigned to address the family, family doctor crisis. And we always need more champions like you, Herb, and you've done a great job. And, um, uh, to, you know, to kind of help elevate that standard and the whole consistency of the healthcare in West Prince. What do you think should be done to improve things? Well, I think we have to work together. And uh, uh, having, having an organization like uh, the West Prince Chamber of Commerce is an extremely important organization. It really highlights the, uh, the, what we have to offer in West Prince. There's so many uh, young entrepreneurs and, and older ones too that uh, have done so many things. They've taken the risks, they've put in their sweat equity into, uh, into, their, into their businesses and uh, we need to know about each other mm -hmm. uh, so that we can uh, take full advantage of, of what we have to offer. And, and would you suggest too, and this is one thing we've, we've tried to you know, make people understand or people in the region, is how important it is to be that unified voice. Not only to be an, an advocate and, and to have a voice, but to be a unified voice for the whole region, for all associations, for all business, for, for what we want to bring to our region. Absolutely, because we, we have so much in common, and, uh, and it, it's really, if we can work together and, and help each other, uh, one thing I like about the West Prince Chamber is that it identifies businesses that perhaps uh, some people in West Prince were, wouldn't, weren't even aware of. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I hear that a lot. And so rather than going off to some other community, an hour, or Charlottetown, Summerside, an hour, an hour and a half away, uh, there might be a service or a product uh, that can be obtained just just a few miles down the road. That's right. So collaborations uh, are so important. We absolutely. have and we have a lot here. It's just to to let everybody know what we have, right? No question. And and you you Tammy and uh, and Kester and the whole group with you are doing such a great job. Oh well, thank you, Herb. The word out. You've been a, an active member, and we appreciate your your um your views and uh, your input and thank you for being involved with the chamber uh, it's it's definitely helped me along my journey and um that engagement is, is critical so thank you for being involved great it's a great privilege so together with your lovely wife kathleen who's not here today you've always made time to visit and chat and kind of deliver the newspapers to residents in O'Leary and, and surrounding areas um, what is it that makes uh, you both uh, enjoy these activities well, it's, uh, I think it's the, the connection. We really like uh, meeting people, uh, local people uh, around here, and also meeting new people new that people. are coming in from, from other places. That's right. And as you know, we have our first uh, Ukrainian family uh, in West Prince, and, and, and the chamber has been very receptive to well, them that, as well. That was a nice night the other night. <laughs> Beautiful. So, so. Yeah. So, and all the uh, new people that are coming in, they, they have ideas, they have uh, uh, new innovative uh, things that we can learn from. And then we have our traditional people that uh, have, have known how to survive and, and thrive and, and, and do well in West Prince. So putting it all together, uh, I think the, the West Prince Chamber is, is a great unifying force that can kind of bring all those talents and, uh, together and, 
and that's uh, that's why I like to be part of it too. Well, thank you, Herb. No, it's um, with all that's happening in the world and and just getting through our pandemic and uh, you know the Ukrainian crisis and uh, um, you know, like you said, people coming into the region. You know, if if we were in the same boat, would we not want the same thing? Would we not want to be welcomed into the area and and, and helped upon? Like we're so we're so fortunate, you know, what we have here and. Um, uh, we're very lucky, uh, you know, things could be a lot worse. So anything that we can do to, to, to improve and help the lives of others. So, so thank you for being part of that. So. Well, it is. And I just want to point out something about the generosity here of the people of West Prince. When I first came here, we got our first CAT scan in Charlottetown. Yes. And uh, in a proportional basis, the, the biggest contributors were the people of West Prince. Is that right? In, in the region. And even though they were going to benefit less from it than a lot of other islanders, and uh, I notice when 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 there's people get sick in the community and and have medical issues, they have to go off to Halifax. There, there's so many benefits take place, and and people helping each other in the community. So it's it's a wonderful uh, community to live in, and uh, it's a great privilege to be part of it. One question that wasn't on the the list, but I'd like to ask you is. Um, you know, as a doctor and, and the close relationships you would have had with patients, and you were actually um, my parents' doctor for, for a number of years. And um, like you said, you build up that relationship. You, you, you help them with paperwork. You, you help them, you know, with whatever's going on in their life and their needs. And um, did you find it hard at times just to maybe um, keep it professional and, and to maintain boundaries and, and balance in your life? It must have been very difficult. Well, uh, it's it's an important thing that you have to keep in mind and and uh, and 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 keep focusing on the, the things that are matter, the things that are going to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't help be be, be part of it, and uh, and and certainly. Uh, uh, I remember one funny story. Uh, I think you had a funny story to tell me, didn't you? Oh, there's plenty of funny stories. <laughs> I have to be careful how I say them, though, too, because uh, someone might say, that's my uncle you're talking about. So the, but one of the things was I went to get a coffee at Tim Hortons and through the lineup, and uh, so uh, the, the, uh, the attendant... Uh, uh, handing my coffee, says, "Will you be my family doctor?" <laughs> Does not said, surprise me. Well, how can you say no that's, to someone that's holding your coffee? Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, you must have been approached many times, and I don't know if that was the funny story. I had a note here when it said PI was the last province to put kindergarten in the public schools, and there was a funny story you were going to tell me sometime. Do you recall what it was? Ah, uh, gee. Uh, there's so many stories, it's, yep. uh, it doesn't come to mind right at the moment. That's okay. Well, Herb, it's been a, a pleasure having you today. And um, I wish Kathleen could have been here, but please pass along our, 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 our dearest thank you for uh, all that she does in the communities and, and being alongside of you and helping you with your practice over the years and all that she does. So we really appreciate uh, um, everything you've done in our communities, and you've definitely made an impact in our communities. Well, thank you so much. It's been a great privilege, and all the best uh, to the West Prince Chamber and, and the people of West Prince because I, I just think we have a great community. So maybe there on that last plug, maybe we can have, uh, um, if you want to join the chamber, um, you don't have to be a business. You can have a non-voting member. So uh, if you want to sign up, just give us a call. Thanks again, Herb. 